This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe, seeking best bets and bad behavior. Are you not entertained? Thank you, thank you. And while we are worthy of your accolades, we don't have time for it, quite frankly. And if you look in the sponsor opportunity green room, you'll see WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield, who's turned rugby advocate and his compadre, King Gift A. Baylou, the inventor of words, pairing diligently once again. That's all they do. It's just diligence with them. And it's with good reason, because if you look at the your company name here, Slate, you'll see we have another full show including getting George Hook on. Ooh. So let's bring in John and Gift. Guys, we got back on the winning side of things. <laughs> we're now, we were 29 and 21 <laughs> last week, which makes up for our previous week, which we hit <laughs> the bed. And we have the unfortunate news that, G uh, Gift, you're no longer the only king on this program. We have the anointing of a new king, and that is King John because of the way he picked England to cover the spread. But he also picked South Africa to win, so he was right on both accounts. All hail King John the Intolerable. Hail King Champ! Hail King Champ! Hail King Champ! Hail King Champ! Ain't no surprises. <laughs> Ain't no surprises. We got a couple kings on this show and a peasant <laughs> potato head. Yeah. How about that? Like we got a couple of jokings on this show. <laughs> That's all I know. Anywho, the 29 and 21 record broke down in a way that gift, unfortunately, it finds you once again united. And it's been a while with the wooden spoon. It's okay. We paddle hard. All right. Whenever we got the spoon, we don't we don't go down. We just make more soup and eat strong. All right. We get soup. better with it. <laughs> strong soup. With healthenhancedfoods.com. Recognize it. Please. Healthenhancedfoods.com. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. King positive, a Beilu. And keep that positivity going, Gift, because of your record, you're also in the walk of shame. Hey, there's no shame here. We walk strong. Why? Strong. Because of your healthenhancedfoods.com. Absolutely. That's right. Not to be confused with potatohead.com. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. On that note, guys, let's bring in George Hook. George, thanks for joining us again. I mean, you, you can tell that uh, we need to we need to pick this up a notch, and you're certainly uh, – you drew the short straw, so you're the one to do it. Good to see you. How are you feeling? Well, I, I, uh, last week you would have noticed I had a heavy-duty sweater on because I was feeling cold. I finished uh, speaking to you, went to bed, and didn't get out of bed for a week. <laughs> George, it's McCarthy. He does it to me and King, too. It's all we get sick. All we have to take shots. We have to take rabies vaccinations all over podcasts. Yeah. Kind of flu stuff. But I was very sick. Um, there were elements of the sickness which you can't describe on television, you know? Matt yeah. tested positive for dummy. Oh, <laughs> just keep it coming. Let's get it all out early. Let's get it all. Do you want to do this or not? Yeah. yeah. Would you start the show, Matt? The Rugby World Cup, baby. So let's get to it. George, what have you learned from this last weekend? Well, I, I've had confirmation 
that it may be the worst World Cup ever in one respect, namely the draw. Um, I I can live with a team getting beat by seven tries uh, when they're a minnow and they're playing in the group stages, but it totally it devalues the tournament uh, when a, a semi-final of a world championship is a walkover. So that's what I discovered negatively. And then what I discovered positively is that my hero, Winston Churchill, still lives and gave the pre-match speech to the team, which resulted in them, England, single-handedly saving the tournament. Will they make this mistake again? They will. And, and I'm sure you'll have more for us. John, what did you learn? I learned one thing, Matt McCarthy. I learned you need to apologize to the English and Owen Farrell. Go ahead. This is your say right here. Apologize. Because <laughs> Owen Farrell and Maro Itoji played the game of the freaking tournament. That was played with passion. That was played with pride. You ever wonder why Owen Farrell should have been team captain? That was this weekend was why Owen Farrell should have been. England played with incredible pride. Now, look, it was a complete letdown spot for South Africa. And I don't care. These are great athletes. There's great coaches. But you play this great game uh, right before this, the week before. You win that game and you got the All Blacks waiting for you next week. It's a natural letdown spot for South Africa. But that doesn't take away from the pride that the English played with. Joe Marler, Freddie uh, Stewart, uh, Johnny May. These guys were absolutely incredible. That was with passion. That was with national pride. That was everything good about sport. And I thought Owen Farrell and Marwa Toji played the game of the tournament. I'm so go gonna... ahead and apologize to Owen I... Farrell. I am not going to apologize for that thug who lost his composure and was in the ref's ear and face during that match. Stop with the ref. These, these refs are egotistical goofs. Okay. There's a few that are great, like Nigel Owens, but most of them are out there and they think that they are above everything. They think the game exists because of them. Wrong. They exist because of the game. And when they get in the way of the game, to Nolan Farrell, sometimes when you're talking to the referee, you're inspiring your team. You're sticking up for your team. Happens in every single sport. Owen Farrell played like a captain should have played. England played with tremendous pride. And this is going to be a wonderful finale between two great teams. I wasn't wrong. I don't listen. Like you, Owen Farrell not play a great game. He played it. He played a very he played a very oh, good stop game. It, stop it. That was great. And you know it. On a stage, Pollard shut him down. Guy. Pollard came in, and your text to me was he Pollard made ball. He only he made one kick. That was his contribution. That's what you said to me in a text message. Yes, that's ridiculous. It doesn't deserve a response. Don't get sorry, away. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Matt, was there any reason you brought me on this program? <laughs> <laughs> George, we're getting back to you. Just hold your horse for a second. If what have we learned? Look, the one thing that I can say that we learned is that we have, 18 years later, the best parallel storyline to what happened in 95. New Zealand comes in with an easy entrance into the finals. The all the Springboks have a well, an easy game in 95, and then a struggle into the finals. And it's great that the first time both of these teams are playing each other again in the finals since that moment is happening in almost the same way. And you probably have the best 
entertainment finals that you could get. I'm legitimately happy with what we got from the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Why? Because we got an upset, we got our contenders, and we made the rankings leading into this feel that much more minute, which I think is incredibly important. I don't want the number one to be guaranteed number one for four years and absolutely hit it in the finals. I want to see them actually work it all the way through when it matters. That's why New Zealand always had so much trouble, and that's why Ireland had trouble, and that's how you get a proper Rugby World Cup. I like it. Uh, I learned that uh, Jacques Nienaber is more of a figurehead than King Charles. 2% of people that pick up on that entire thing. (laughs) The head coach of the Springboks did absolutely nothing, and you saw him completely undermined by Rassi Erasmus during the game where he's got the guys all in a circle and he's telling them what to do. Rassi's pulling the strings. Let's not let's not paint it any any other way, folks. Well, hold up. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The interesting thing about that statement of yours, which may or may not be true, because we don't know. We're too far away to know. Oh, we know. But, but immediately at the end of this World Cup, Nyambar is going to go to the Leinster, who are the best, probably the best, one of the two best teams in Europe. So we're going to find out when he's in charge of one of the major provincial sides in Europe, whether he's a good coach or not, because he certainly won't be a figurehead. So we're going to find out a lot about him. You know what I love about you, George, is you set up the segues better than anybody on this planet. And that's I'm going to go with my question for you first. George, why do we have a South African taking over Leinster? Aren't there any Irish coaches out there? Well, that's been something that's upset me uh, for many years. Uh, For for instance, Conor O'Shea, a former Irish fullback, was the coach to Italy, is now at the rugby union headquarters in London, high performance. Uh, Stephen Abu, the Irish under-20s coach, took charge of the Italian under-20s. It's made a huge difference over the last best part of a decade, I suppose, to Italian under-20s rugby. Saracens, one of the best team in the English Premiership, have an Irish coach. It's an Irish thing now, you know. There was a, um, I think it was Samuel Johnson, the great diarist, who said, if you want to roast an Irishman, you can always get another Irishman to turn the spit. So, like, we're that's us. That's our nature. Our profits are not profits at home. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and ask you some more questions and get some more wisdom right after this. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back with Mr. George Hook, Mr. John Bradshaw Layfield, and Mr. King, Gift A. Bailu. Uh, Gift, do you have a question for George? Yeah, George, we've talked about England so much. We felt they had been underperforming, but do you think that we were wrong? 
I, first of all, I don't think we were wrong. You couldn't possibly be wrong in your assessment of an English team over what? The last four years. So, I mean, unless you're Nostradamus, my most famous soothsayer, <laughs> uh, you're not really going to think they got it right. And the, the interesting thing about Borthwick, the coach, he never showed in the build-up that he was anything special, but he clearly is something special. The other thing is, which hasn't changed in this game over 150 years, is there is a lot of ways of playing it. It's At the end of the day, it's a bit like baseball or cricket. Like, it's not actually a spectator sport. It's about the guys on the pitch. And if you can win the match by kicking the ball up in the air and not passing it at all, then good luck to you. Don't forget the Gary Owen was invented in Ireland. What is the Gary Owen? Kick the ball up in the air as high as you can and let God judge it. And Irish teams, for the best part of a century, never passed the ball. The great Tony O'Reilly, possibly one of the greatest three quarters ever to play the game. O'Reilly was in the centre for Ireland. He never got a pass. He only got a pass when he played for the Lions. You can get a pass for Ireland. They would have kicked it up in the air. So I'm less worried about that. Although, to be fair, we're going to see two teams in the final uh, with conflicting ways of playing the game. And I think that's really interesting. John, question for George. I do, yeah. Matt is a soothsayer. He's Nostradamus. <laughs> different version, oh. other version of oh. So, George, a question I got because I, I England I think surprised a lot of people. Another team that surprised a lot of people is the All Blacks. They they looked, especially in the second half, when France realized they were better than the All Blacks. They quit kicking and they just boat raced them. They just beat them. They beat them on every part of the game. They beat them. Now the All Blacks look like the All Blacks that we expect them to look like. Is it just the competition that they're playing against that is not as good? Or have the All Blacks during this tournament really gotten that much better? Well, you're very young. So I, I understand why your your knowledge of New Zealand rugby is relatively limited, right? <laughs> you've got to remember. I just got called dumb. Yes, but you got to remember. Since Captain Cook sailed into whatever the bay was, right? New Zealand have been close to the best nation in the world at rugby. They might have been first or they've been second. They've never been third through the amateur era, all that sort of thing. The principal reason is there's nothing else to do in New Zealand except play rugby, right? They got sheep. They got nothing. The pubs close at <laughs> six o'clock because of lack of customers. It's the most boring place on earth. <laughs> Saved only by the geography. It's a beautiful place. So they play rugby. So they play rugby. And they're very good at it. We know what this nation can produce. This boring nation. Oh, yeah. But, but not boring at rugby. Not boring at rugby. It's no surprise that they delivered when it counted most. All right, George, going back to Borthwick. Yeah. The forgotten man in this tournament for England was George Ford. And my good friend over here on the side of the pond, who's English, Riz Chadwick, who looks like a Daniel Steele cover model, has said, well, just look at their tackle rates. And I, my counter to him is, 
Well, does Owen Farrell actually tackle? Because a tackle is not defined by the shoulder to the head of your opponent. What happened to George Ford, and was that a mistake by Borthwick? Well, you can't say it was a mistake when they went within three minutes of winning the semi-final of the Rugby World Cup. If he picked Mickey Mouse in her half, and they, they did that in the semi-final, decision was right. If, as a lot of us thought, he was going to go out with a whimper in the semi-final, beaten fairly comfortably by South Africa, we were all ready to put him on the tumbrel and wheel him down to the plastic Concorde for the guillotine. But it didn't work out that way. So the decision to pick Farrell was correct. The other thing we don't know, but we understand, is Farrell appears to be an outstanding captain of this team. I don't like him. You don't like him. A lot of people don't like him. But if the other 14 guys on the pitch are prepared to follow him into the bail and the blow, and for the non-Gaelic speakers on the program, the bail and the blow is the gap of danger. So if the 14 other guys are prepared to follow him into the gap of danger, he's doing a great job. He's no standing place kicker. He's actually a very good kicker of the ball. And they played a kicking game. Good luck to them. And I don't know whether you're going to ask me about the decision that cost him the match, but there's an interesting thing for you. Hey, George, what was the decision that cost him the match? <laughs> that the, the young Bradshaw, um, actually was kind of half right in that this game is not about referees. The correct decision for that penalty was a reset scrum, not a penalty. Uh, why? Because the South African tight head came across. And all you have to do is watch the video and you see him come across. Now, the, the, the referee's point was that the English loose head's knee touched the grass, therefore penalty in his opinion. I think he was wrong. A referee should never award a penalty that decides a game unless he is 100% certain that they're not going to be looking at it after the match. And that's the mistake I think O'Keefe made. George, quick question. Do you feel like a third place match would be worth it in terms of figuring out exactly what rankings are at the end of this actual season? Or do you think it's something that we should continue in this process of just leaving it to silver and gold and moving on from there? There's a football team up in, uh, not Illinois, the place next door. It was Wisconsin, probably. Green Bay. Got it. Green Bay. Good, John. Um, I, I was up there in the middle of summer, and my testicles fell off from the cold. <laughs> but but uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. They fell they're off? The, fell right famous, off. They had a famous coach. And, and he said, who cares who's second? Now, I can tell you, who cares who's third? I agree. I mean, the third place match is a nonsense. It's a complete waste of time. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. George Hook, courtesy of Irish Rugby Tours. They ain't just rugby and they ain't just Irish. George, uh, we got to wrap it up with you for this segment, but 
I know this well, is well, well, of course, when you're writing out the check, um, will, you, will you fill it in for the full amount, even though yeah. you only use me for 20% of the show? You'll get your check from Helen Waite. You can go to Helen Waite. Uh, to get your check. <laughs> she's, our, she's our finance person. But George, there's no way that you can be succinct on this. Is it time to forget the scrummage? Yes. Go to the the rugby league scrummage where the old eight guys can just come in and uh, throw the ball in and the ball comes out and it's all who cares. More penalties are given at the scrum now than any time in the history of the game. The scrum has been used now to create penalties. That's not what it was designed for. It was designed as a way to restart the game and to make rugby union different. It's now, it's make rugby union different, but at an awful cost. Waste of time. Is that succinct enough for you? Waste of time. I can't, I can't, I can't handle that. I can't, it's too much truth for me to handle right now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live in a... Keep your young pundit going. He's great fun. Who, young Bradshaw? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, young Bradshaw Layfield. Okay. All right. Thank you, George. Much appreciated. Always great having George. He's always just quick to the point. Talk. George said Lowen Farrell was a great captain. He did not say that. He did. He did not. What? When? When did he Play say it back. That? Play it back. All right. The Bunnings NPC has a new champion. Taranaki, take a bow. And in the meantime, you suck for not covering the, the spread because John is the lone winner out of this. Despite Gift and I picking the right winner, John picked it with the spread. He picked Hawks Bay. Hawks Bay covered the spread. Congratulations, John Bradshaw Layfield. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Job champ. We we can be civil. We can do this. I congratulate you. King and I are civil. Exactly. All right. (laughs) Let's go to the Rugby World Cup. There are actually two matches. That's right. I know it's finals weekend, but there are two matches for first loser, second loser, third and fourth. Let's go with who you think is going to win this one. Argentina getting what do we got eight and a half from england john i would not bet on this whatsoever i would completely stay away from it if i had to take a side i think i think i take england but there's no way i'll bet on this game all right and you know who cares the premiership teams who are missing their players for this third place match gift i'm gonna pick england i just i think they got enough anger though i do feel argentina probably would want more to prove Mm. but once again england for this one Okay, this just in. It's not going to count toward our records because management has just said that this is a ridiculous match. We don't have that. And then in the real match, the rematch of the Invictus 1995 tea poisoning by the Springboks allegedly uh, versus the All Blacks. And this time it's New Zealand favored by one and a half points in Paris. John. Look at what South Africa has done in this World Cup. They beat everybody that you put in front of them. Uh, New Zealand has not. New Zealand lost to France that very first game. They got outplayed in, this, in the second half. They said, well, New Zealand has gotten certainly a lot better, and they have. But South Africa beats the home team in the quarterfinal. They had a letdown last game. They found a way to win. I'm going with South Africa to beat New Zealand to win the Rugby World Cup. Gift. We have, exactly as John spoke, a South African team that has been resilient outside of the pool play against Ireland. They beat everybody that has been in front of them, especially France, and obviously what they did to England. But New Zealand, 
absolutely boat raced this exact box team not more than seven, eight weeks ago for the rugby championships. And this is also a vengeance game because the last time they were in this position, they were supposed to have the greatest rugby team ever with the greatest rugby player ever. They lost to beat racism in South Africa. So this year, it's not the same kind of concept. I, I don't know what to expect from this one, but as much as I have been so much on the side of the golden green, man, New Zealand's history with so the Springboks is just too heavy. I got to go with New Zealand on this one, Ooh. but whew, this is this is a tough one. This is a coin flip in either way. <laughs> I agree. Hold that thought. presents MLR Weekly, made in New York City. We're back. My take on the final. Three things to consider. Number one, nobody in New Zealand that was alive and has some kind of memory of the 1995 match can get over the controversy of the food poisoning that half the team got from drinking a certain tea before they played. That's number one. Number two, if there's any kind of moisture on the ground, the, the unforced errors committed by the Springboks was alarming, to say the least. Whereas New Zealand played in the same conditions, and Jordy Barrett interviewed after the match because he was man of the match, uh, said, yeah, well, you know, we, we knew they were playing us tough for a while, but because of the slippery conditions, we knew we could probably use our skill set, meaning they could care less about the rain. And that's the difference between that team. They can play in the rain. South Africa, unforced errors, and we're complaining about the ball being slippy. Or Are you Al Roper or what? Are you, are you like the me meteorologist? I'm picking New Zealand. John's been muted. As we move <laughs> on to our next setup, the English Premiership. Last week, we weren't too bad, but, you know, it's impossible to pick these, guys, these games because everybody's with the national team. That said, John. I'm going with Gloucester for one simple reason. I forgot to mention Jamie George early played 80 minutes of every oh. single game. And, like, stop it. The guy is a great player. And quit being a hater. You're just a hater. You were a hater, troll hater. And Saracens just doesn't have anybody left right now. I think they're still going to win the league, but I think Saracens loses this week to Gloucester. Gift. I, I said this about the top 14 back in September, uh, whenever we started the Rugby World Cup. I'm going to say this about the premiership now. It doesn't matter. I'm going to give it over here to Northampton. Why? Because it's Northampton. And because they don't have another extra H. So you can't say Northampton like a regular person. It's Northampton. I don't have anything else to add to that. I'm going with Exeter. The politically incorrect Chiefs of Exeter versus Sales Sharks. Then we're going to do a lightning round because we're running out of time for the URC in the top 14. John, who do you like in the URC? Linster. Perfect <laughs> gift. Give it to the Stormers. I'm going from one Irish province to the next. Mighty Connick won it for me last week. I'm going with Ulster against the Bulls, the depleted Bulls this week. Top 14, gift. 
Powell over Perpignan. John, this is going to be impossible to handicap until they get older players. It's like handicapping preseason baseball or football or basketball or anything else like that. That being said, I'm going Leon at home. I'm going with Bayonne, not the one in New Jersey, the one in France over Stade Francais. And that brings us to Picks of the Week. John. Nobody cares in the England-Argentina game. England's not going to be kicking for points. They're not going to be playing field position. They're going to be trying to score. So I'm going to go the over in England-Argentina because I think these guys are just going to open it open it up and try to score a whole bunch of points and have some fun. Gift. Oh, I'm going to go with that. Going that concept with New Zealand and South Africa. Uh, this is a game that is going to be hard-nosed. I picked overs for just about every single match. This is an under. This is a low-scoring game that's about to happen. This is going to be physical. This is going to be a fun game Physical. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I'm doubling down on Ulster over the Bulls. On that note, we're out of time. I want to thank WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer turned rugby advocate John Bradshaw Layfield, King Gift A. Baylou, the inventor of words, Mr. George Hook, don't call him Mr., and thank you for tuning in. And please check out our other shows, including MLR Weekly, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And please join our American Red Cross Blood Donor team.